Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. Do you know who you are? I said, do you know who you are? That's a big problem in the world today. We don't know who we are in Christ Jesus. We've got created on the planet, and we just kind of wander around, but you're somebody in God. God created you. I'm going to say it again. God created you. So God's going to help you. I'm going to say it again. God's going to help you. So when we come to church, we've got to be able to rejoice and, and put aside some of the things that happened this week and say, you know, it's really not all about that because God's going to fix that. Hello? Some of you don't believe that, do you? Maybe by the end of this message, you'll get that. God can fix anything, friend. Some of you may have walked in this room today wandering around saying, man, I need some help. You've come to the right place, right time for God to give you a word for this day. As you know, our theme for the year is amazing. This is where amazing happens. And we believe that. And um, I, I know that I, I like to think in advance and think down the road. Last week when that Valley Forge University choir was here, I was saying, yay, God. And then I knew what was going to come this weekend, and I said, yay, God, because North Central University is planning their choir, very, very large choir, to come next year. And, and I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. When it gets announced on which weekend we've agreed to, I'm just telling you, you're going to say, I need to make sure I'm there. Um, and, and all I can say is this, God has the specific people at the right time to minister to us. Because you know how careful I am about who stands here. I was asking the staff this week, uh, how many people per week either invite themselves or want to be invited to preach in this pulpit or sing or whatever on a weekly basis? The answer was over 30. Think about that. 30 people per week think they should be standing here. That's a lot of people. And I say no to 99.9% of them. Because most of them start the email something like this. God told me to tell you I have something to say to your church. I can tell you right now, they ain't coming. I got to protect you, right? That's what you want. You don't want everybody walking up here telling you whatever, do you? From all over the world? No, 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 no. So when they come up here, just like last week, if you were here, that choir did a phenomenal job musically, but more importantly, they spiritually spoke to our lives. And then when those kids began to pray for you, you knew something good was about to happen, didn't you? So um, we look with anticipation, doctor, for you guys to come next year, and, and um, it'll, it'll be a great weekend. You know, uh, most of you received today another one of the legacy cards for all of you that have turned in your legacy card, which is our building uh, program here, which our goal for our church is 250,000 euro that we will raise this year. 
and uh, we're off to a phenomenal start. But this card was given to you over the last few weeks to have you pray about your investment in this new building that we're about to buy. We're going to need your help. We're going to need every person in this room, whether you're a student, businessman, business lady, uh, whatever you do, I need you to participate. Ben told you the two-mite lady was really honored by the Lord and said she gave, gave everything. I'm not asking you for a certain amount. I'm asking you to hear from God and asking him to respond to you. Now, I found out, I didn't know this, um, is that a lot of you like to personally hand them privately to me. I'm good with that. I didn't know that that was custom, but if that's your particular culture and your custom in your country, I'm good, okay? But you can give that to any of those three finance directors uh, of our church. uh, Pastor Ben, that's crazy. Uh, Ben, would you stand back up again? Brother Ernest, would you stand? And Nasha, would you please stand? These three men... Uh, Let them see your faces. Uh, So if you want to hand them to them, they're welcome to receive that today, and they will get that into us. Uh, Or if you want to come and and give it to me, I'm here to receive it today, okay? So please take advantage of that, and, and then start faithfully giving, whether it's your monthly or your weekly, or some of you have just generously given a one-time donation that has been very large, and God bless you. And uh, we're going to raise that quarter of a mil, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Amen? Amen. We need a million. So if you want to write a million, that's fine too. <laughs> Nasha and, and I and the team believe for a quarter, one, one quarter of that from us this year. Well, that's a good start. And, uh, but anybody wants to write the check for the whole amount, I'm good for that too. But I don't want anybody to miss the blessings that God's going to have for your life. Our text was read by the student today, um, John chapter 12, verse number 24. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. I'm all for getting more fruit. Hello? Hello? I want something out of my life. I don't want to go through my life and nothing being produced out of my life. And um, that's why I've entitled this chat this month, Living is Amazing. Our place of purpose this month, because we're talking about the place where amazing happens this year. The place is the empty tomb of Lazarus. So if you look at that place in your mind, there's this tomb where this man was dead, and four days later, Jesus raised him back to life. It's an incredible miracle in the Bible. How many believe in miracles? Okay, seven people in the whole room. Wait, 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 wait. How many believe in miracles? Okay, okay. All right, I I thought I went to another church today. You, You have to believe in miracles, because if you believe in God, you've got to believe in miracles. I'm going to say that one again. You believe in God, you got to believe in miracles. Because miracles happen. But we got to believe. And so last week we talked about this process, and, and you got to give your life. You're going to start this journey, you got to give your life to Christ. You're dying to oneself. 
You're saying, it's not my will, it's your will, God. And then secondly, we told you you got to get rid of some stuff. Because all of us bring some baggage into this relationship. we got to get rid of that stuff. And um, so since we're talking about this place of a tomb, I, I want to clarify scripturally um, this journey. It's found in um, our, our Bible verses is 11.38. I'm going to start with verse 38 today. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. For he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Now, let me tell you. You may be the person in the room today that wants to roll away the stone. Or you may be the person in the room today that's waiting for somebody else to roll away the stone. But I can tell you where I stand. I would be want one that would want to roll away the stone. You say you're closest to the odor. You're closest to being involved in the potential miracle. What if it fails? If I just get to stand back, nobody's even going to notice me. No one's even going to know that I'm even a part of this process. I think there's some times in our lives that we make big choices. And I think in this Bible story, one of the big choices was who gets to roll away the stone. I mean, to me, I, I, I would have just ran. Pick me. Get me there. Even though the, the sister says it stinks, I want to be first-handed to see the miracle. I want to be first-handed to trust that the God that just showed up on the scene was about to do something amazing. He wasn't going to step back and have the stone rolled away for something to fall and fail. He was about to step up to something that was going to be talked about thousands of years later and see the handiwork of God that all things are possible with God, even the resurrection of the dead. Wow. Listen, friend. If Jesus can raise the dead, what else can he do? That wasn't even in the notes. So he took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Anybody prayed? I believe God hears our prayers. What's the sense in praying if you don't believe he hears? Our God's not deaf. Our God can hear. I knew that you always hear me. Not only did he hear, but he always hears. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Want to help me? Come on, help me. Say the word. Lazarus. Okay, now some of you said it just like this. Lazarus. 
Don't you want to say, Lazarus? But everybody's going to know I have confidence that God's about to do something. Everybody's going to think that, that they're expecting God to come through right now. I expect God to come through. I'm not believing that, oh, maybe someday he may do that. I'm believing he heard me and that he's going to come through. You want to practice again? Come on. One, two, three. Well, you're going to know why I had you practice a little later in the message. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. I don't know about you, but I believe in him. So I've got two points for you today. Dying leads to life is point number one. I know many of you take our notes if you're watching on the live stream today. Um, I hope you've been on this journey. You can go back and watch last week. If you didn't get last week, you can get it now and, and, and get caught up. But if you're going to die... Say, die? You're just not talking about life. <laughs> life, life and living. What are you talking about? Dying. Well, you had to be here last week. Because <laughs> except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it bides by itself. But if it dies, it brings forth fruit. That's why our little picture up there has a little shoot coming up out of the ground. It, there's a process of germination. It's a, a dying of oneself. You don't just walk into the relationship with God and says, Hey, God, I'm here. Welcome me into the family. I'm going to bring all my stuff and all my faults and all my issues, and I'm going to keep them. Anybody have no issues in the room? Okay, so I know who I'm talking to. So I'm going to just come to God, but when we really do come to God, we say, God, here I am. I'm sorry. I've messed up. I'm a sinner. And if you forgive me, God, I know that it's going to be a process to get my life in order. And that's a dying process. It's a, a saying it's, it's not me. Get rid of the stuff in me and, and through me. It's surrendering yourself to the Lord. That's how it begins. The sin is gone. Forgiveness happens. And happiness begins in your life. I once was lost, the Bible says. But now I'm found. I used to be blind. But now I see. See, most of us in this room have been on this journey to say, God, I need you. I know there's a few people either here in this room or maybe thousands watching that you've never started this journey. It's a start process that says, here I am. And most of us come to that beginning process because of issues, because of big mistakes in our life or a lot of pain. 
something tragedy as as tragic has happened in your life or a difficult moment and you hear about Jesus that he's the savior of the world and you say man I need a chance it's different I know some of your nations have have been taught from you from a very young age it's a Christian nation and you hear a lot about God Some of you come from nations that you don't hear about God. Or you hear about hundreds of other kinds of gods. I know that. I know who my audience is today. And we in American culture, we kind of got this one concept only. But I want you to know that I know that here in Rome and, and the diversity that's sitting in this room and the diversity that's watching on that camera, I want you to know that God cares about every one of you. And it doesn't look at your background or the history of your culture to determine how he will present himself. He is God, and he loves you, and he sent his son to die for you. That is what is all the gospel. Hear the gospel today. This story is about a man named Lazarus. Obviously, he had a relationship with Jesus. Obviously, he believed. Matter of fact, he said he was his friend. But he died. Doesn't specifically say what he died of. We know for a fact that he was not an old man, but he died. You know there's a scripture in the Bible that says it's appointed unto man to die. That's a difficult scripture, isn't it? If you've never read the Bible and you're hearing that for the very first time, you may say, wow, that's in the Bible? It's appointed on us to die? Yeah. After that, the rest of that scripture, after that, will be the judgment. Where am I going? See, I believe in the whole journey, in the whole process, not the beginning point only of salvation, but I believe in the ending point, heaven. Do you hear what I just said? If you believe in the beginning point, you should also believe in the ending point. If you believe in salvation, you should also believe in heaven. How many believe in heaven? Okay, now some, something just happened in my room today. Really, I'm going to repeat it again. If there's a heaven, if, if, if there's salvation, then you've got to believe in heaven. If you believe in heaven, you also have to believe in hell. Now, if there's a common thread in the world today, there's a lot of preachers that won't deal with the subject that there's a hell. We want to just skip it, just go right to the heaven part and kind of skip the hell part. The wages of sin is death. Death is, in this particular connotation, is a a dying of your life and the consequence of the sin is death, which in this situation is hell. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. I believe Lazarus was going to heaven. Okay, that's what I believe. 
But for some reason, Jesus decided of a demonstration that needed to happen of this guy coming back to life. So that now, a few thousand years later, in the city of Rome, broadcasting all over the world, somebody standing up here saying that if I believe on Christ and I live my life unto Christ, I get to go to heaven. But if I don't, I'm going to hell. But there is a regeneration or a new birth process by getting rid of the sin in your life and the journey goes until the end, till the day I die. After death, I get life. I get eternal life. And so many people miss that. They miss the journey. Pointed unto man to die. So I'm going to live how long? I'm going to live 70 years? Live 80 years? 120 years? How long do you want to live? How many want to live 100? Okay, how many want to live more than 100? How many's not going to raise your hand no matter what question I ask today? We should want to live a long life, right? Some of you are going to go, I don't know if I want to live 90. I don't know. I'm not sure when I'm going to raise my hand on these questions. They're getting very complicated. You want to live a long life. So if we want to live a long life, we got to know where we're going in our life. And Jesus has the ability on this journey to come through and give not only new life, but extended life. Here and thus, this story. So, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.11, once you see this, here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. So if I die with Christ, I get to live. I like that. And then Romans 6, 8 says it like this. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So not just one verse, there's two verses, and there's many more I could have given you. I chose those two for a reason. Because there has to come in your heart, your mind, your belief system, the belief that God is who he says he is. And that he will back up his word. Do you believe God backs up his word? Well, in this Bible story, it specifically says Jesus shows up so that they can believe. So now 2,000 years later, I give you a biblical illustration that when Jesus shows up, we can believe. Am I the only one that got that? Say, Pastor, you did the study, and I'm telling you, if I believe this, and I trust it, then I know God will show up on my account. So if dying leads to life, remember we're talking about the place Stuff has to happen. So what has to happen is we got to take off the grave clothes. Point number two. 
So I'm going to help you today. I've got some people going to help me. So come here, everybody that's going to help me. And kind of get in your spot. If, if there's going to be spiritual growth in your life, and don't take all day to do this, then you will need to endure or go through life and the grave clothes that you have on your life will keep you in the tomb or near the tomb. And I know you're all worried about him right now. Okay, he's going to be Lazarus. Okay, you're going to have to have this arm out like this and this arm out like this and wrap that too in a minute. Okay, they got it. That's an easy job. I could have picked anybody in this room and we could have got this job done. But I don't want you to miss the lead-in to the illustration. No, just one arm. Just let's do one arm right here. Like, like this. There we go. You guys are doing great. Now take the other one and do that other arm right there. Remember how to hold your arm tight. All right, you got it. In Bible days, what they used to do was wrap them in grave cloths. And then they put them in the tomb. Okay? Nowadays, we have a different process. Okay? We put them in a coffin. We embalm them. We do a whole lot of other stuff. Okay? But this is kind of the Bible day process. Look, they're doing a great job. All right? The grave clothes will keep you in the tomb or near the tomb. So what happens is, and you're doing a good job, Nisi. Just put it right on top of his head, yeah. No, he can breathe. Don't worry about him. This is for all the time Nisi's not been good. Now, you're good for now. You're good for now. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is sometimes what keeps you near the tomb are some conditions, some things that happen in your life. So in this particular case, we'll do them one at a time. I don't know what number I got. I got eight. What number is that? One? All right, here's eight. Some things that keep you, can you move it all? Just a little bit more. Because I want to make sure that camera back there is getting you. You're doing a great job. One of the things that's going to keep you near this tomb in your life is pride. Stay. Pride's going to be a big downfall in your life if you don't figure out how to take care of it. Proudful people is going to have issues. Okay, without Christ, we are nothing. I'm going to say it again. We got to get rid of pride in our lives. That will keep us so near that tomb, and it'll keep us from being what God is wanting to fulfill in our lives. Sometimes it's the opposite of that, almost it's low esteem. Wow, way to go. You're doing good. Low self-esteem. Some of you don't think anything of yourself. You say, well, I don't want to become across prideful, but some of you come across like I'm nothing, like I have no worth. 
I have no value. Let me tell you right now. Did you hear how long I let the song play today? You are somebody in Christ Jesus. You are valuable to God. I know who I am. I know. Listen, I put together the service every week. I know what's going on. I know I needed to let that song play a little bit longer today because I want you to make sure that you don't have low self-esteem. I don't care if everybody around you says you're not valuable. I don't care if everybody around you that says you're a failure. It doesn't matter what everybody else says. It matters what God believes about you. You are valuable to God. And the grave clothes, if you allow this to consume your life, you will stay all like that. All mummy up. Where's number three? Which leads a lot of you to fear. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus is going to help you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's not throwing the towel in on your life or your mistakes. I don't care how many you've had. I don't care how many chances you've needed. God doesn't get up to the point and say, okay. No, 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 no. God loves you. And you've got to live your life Fear doesn't come from God. Fear comes from the devil. It comes from the enemy of your soul. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Hello? And some of you are afraid. Afraid, am I going to get these papers? Afraid, am I going to get this job? Afraid, am I going to be accepted? Afraid how I'm going to do in this university. Afraid how am I going to do in this marriage. Afraid. Quit living your life in fear. God loves you. What we got? Which leads to... That didn't hurt. I, I, I listened to even your response on that. Some of you doubt whether or not this can happen. You doubt, can this happen in my life? Because you've made so many mistakes before, because you have lived your life with one of these uh, uh, cloths in your life, one of these components. And, And it's become, it's kept you so close to the tomb of your life that you've not had the freedom to shout when you want to shout. And dance when you want to dance. And sing when you want to sing. And praise the name of God when you want to praise the name of God. I'm looking for a people that says it doesn't matter where I've been. It doesn't matter what's happened in my life. I'm valuable to God. And in the middle of the bus, in the middle of the metro, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to shout that Jesus is my God. He's my Savior. He's my King. I'm not afraid. I don't have to be afraid. What are you going to do to me? Man, you preach crazy. The authorities are going to come get you. Whose side am I on? God will fight for me. Hello, God's going to fight my battles. I'm going to say it again. God's going to fight my battles. 
He will fight your battles. Let me go. But sometimes, because of stuff that has happened, some of the grave clothes that keep you there is loneliness. For those of you that can't see, it says lonely. And I know, this is what I put in today, didn't I? Middle of the night last night, God woke me up. I'd have the staff work a little bit this morning. We added this word. Because some of you live lonely lives. Some of you, the grave clothes in your life. Remember, it's the purpose, it's the place of purpose. It's that place. I'm lonely. Nobody loves me. Nobody knows my name. I put on a big smile on my face. I got the degrees behind my name. Everybody knows, da-da-da-da-da, but down deep inside, I'm lonely. Maybe because of hurts that have happened in your life, because of past failures, because of rejections of people, or jobs, or situations, or faults in in an accomplishment. You tried to get the grade, and you didn't get the grade. You didn't pass the exam. You didn't get the increase. You've become lonely. You almost have become a recluse. You've, you've stayed, okay, I, I, I'm now I'm handicapped. I'm, I'm just going to stay in my little closet, and I'm going to just keep my little papers, and I, I'm going to keep myself, and, I, and nobody's going to know so that I don't have to have any more people speak bad against me anymore. Hear me, church. This is not a child of God. A child of God knows Your fullness is in Christ. You're valuable to Christ. And he fulfills the loneliness in your life to make you special. Look at your neighbor and say, you're special. All right, some of you didn't look at all. Look at your neighbor and say, they're special. What's the next one? Ah, now if I had an hour, if I had an hour, we'd go right here. I ain't got an hour. I was very kind. It says negative talk. The words that come out of your mouth kill you or give you life. You hear what I just said? They kill you or give you life. You ever been around somebody that everything's bad? It's always bad. Doesn't matter what they say, it's bad. And you've been around people that always have good words to say. I'm telling you, every one of you in this room or watching on that live stream can be people that have words of faith that come out of your mouth. Start talking Jesus talk. It's your words. I don't get to put the words in your mouth. Open up your mouth and speak faith. Get rid of negative talk. Which a lot of time then brings us to lies. Is this the knee that kicked me? Be 
kicked a goal and hit me in the chest about knocked me out when we played football. This is how I'm getting back at him. I got the next knee next. Some of you think that if you lie, you're going to get ahead. Lie only keeps you confound. It keeps you controlled. It keeps you in your tomb or just barely outside your tomb. Don't be a liar. All liars will find their place in the lake of fire. (laughs) I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be a liar. Well, the people won't like me. No, speak truth. In your marriage, speak truth. To your kids, speak truth. Kids, to your parents, speak truth. In your job, speak truth. Truth always prevails. You've been great. This is the knee that kicked me because I think you're right-footed. Keeps you controlled is your sicknesses. If anyone's sick, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you and pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith will heal you. By his stripes we are healed. Do you hear what I just said? Jesus always already took the stripes. So the healing's already in the process. It's time for us to say, I'm not sick anymore. The doctor may say I've got that thing, but it doesn't mean God says I'm going to have that thing. It means God says I'm about to be healed. How many of you in this room today have a condition or sickness going on in your body right this second? How many want to be honest? How many's got a condition, something going on in your life right this second, okay? About 15 of you, all right? Put your hands down. How about today you take off that part of the grave clothes in your life and a miracle happened for you? How about today? So this is what keeps us in the tomb or near the tomb. Now Lazarus came out. Remember the yell? It's amazing what happened. He comes out of the tomb. Can you see him coming out? Now he's got all that on him. I don't know how he came out. It doesn't say that, that they went in to get him. It says he came out of the tomb. And he's standing outside, so the stone's out, the, the grave, he's outside, and he's standing there all wrapped up. He probably had to move a little bit. Can you move a little bit, like jumping a little bit, like six inches? Yeah, it can't move very good. Okay, stop. You proved the point. But as soon as he got outside, though the miracle was pretty much complete, because the dude came up out of the grave. Do you hear what I just said? He, it wasn't in the grave anymore. So, but the, so that everybody could believe, Jesus had to reveal who's underneath the grave clothes. Because they even took time to say that there was a cloth on his head. So that they could have set him up and, and, and set in a spy and, and done some trickery and, and done all kinds of weird things. And all of a sudden, somebody else shows up. Because you've heard everything. But in this case, they said, loose him and let him go. And all of a sudden, whoa! 
Oh, my goodness, stuff starts happening. And it's amazing that it didn't take very long till the freedom in his life. And he probably even said, okay, I'm going to take some of that stuff up, and I'm going to be free in the name of Jesus. And a miracle starts happening. You did good. Now, knowing how tight... uh, You're good. Knowing how tight those grave clothes were probably on him, it probably took him a moment. But I can tell you, there was two sisters in that that miracle, Mary and Martha. Baby, they weren't sitting there saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. You hear what I just said? There were two sisters in this miracle. They believed that the resurrection was going to happen, but they believed the resurrection was going to happen later. But they got to see with their own eyes. Blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. God has a specific word in the Bible just for us. Because we haven't seen the resurrection. We didn't get to be in this story. Except how I illustrated it today. We didn't get to see Jesus come back to life, but Jesus foretold this, said, look, blessed are those who have not seen. He was talking to you and me. I'm telling you today, my friend, if you live your life with the grave clothes off, you're going to have an incredible life. Fear's going to go away. Doubt's going to go away. Negative talk's going to go away. Lies going to go away. Sickness, I have to flee. Your life will be a whole new, whole new person. You'll say, how did I happen to be like this, Jesus? Jesus fulfills us, friend. And if we take off the grave clothes, I can tell you that this freedom, though he was very shy and passive, I've never seen that of Nisi before, Because when he kicked that goal about knocking me over in that football match, he didn't say, he jumped up and down and shouted. I was hoping a little bit more enthusiasm today. But he knows I'll probably kick that other leg. When you get free, you're going to have a new song. You're going to have a new voice. You're going to have a new dance. (laughs) Your countenance will change. There's going to come smile and happiness into your life. You're going to say, people are going to look at you and say, why are you so happy? You're going to say, Jesus changed me. He liberated me. Those negative things that were in my life, I don't have them anymore. That doubt that I used to live in, I ain't got that anymore. That sickness I used to have, I ain't got that anymore. I want people to see that I'm new in Christ Jesus. My words will become different. The words out of my mouth will start becoming words of faith, words of life. My actions will be different. Some of you need to do an action check. This past week, how have your actions been? Check it in the heat of the battle. Check it when the pressures are on. How are you going to respond? Living is amazing. I titled that chat today, Living is Amazing for a Reason. 
Why? Because verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Listen, if you're still in your grave clothes, you're not bringing any fruit. Matter of fact, you still stink. Say, wow, that's pretty direct. You know, after 41 years of preaching, no one's ever said, I never understood what the dude said. Couldn't get it. My direct style, clean communication, make sure every person in my audience, no matter where they're at, understand God loves you, has a plan for your life. It's direct, it's straightforward, but nobody has to debate I wonder what he was saying. I'm telling you today, friend, if you will get rid of the grave clothes in your life in the second step of the dying process, you will find a life of freedom like you have never had before in your life. You will become free. Hear me. Hear me. If the Son makes you free, you should be free indeed. I'm going to say it again. Jesus freed Lazarus. He came out with the grave clothes. Jesus said, loose the man. Get the stuff off of him. I'm suggesting you today that if you get the stuff off of you, you will find out that you can start doing the things that I just listed in my ending comments to say freedom will happen in your life. You say, well, I'm kind of a shy person. Well, you'll get unshy. Listen, heaven is going to be amazing. And I hope all of you understand that when we get to heaven, you're not going to be sitting in the back corner saying, oh, this is nice. Woo, these are streets of gold. Woo, look at that food. That won't be happening. You will be happy and laughing and joyful and dancing. And those that have gone before us, we will be saying, high-fiving and saying, yay, God, for thousands and thousands of years. You're writing the chapter of your ending. You're writing the book, but you're writing chapter by chapter of the ending of your story. Let's make sure that one of your chapters not only has the resurrection from the dead, but has the unloosing of the clothes that keep you so close to the tomb that stops you from being the person God has intended for you to be. You are somebody in Christ Jesus. Know who you are. Living is amazing. Would you bow your heads, please? Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. Today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. 
in Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life, and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.